Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Lawmakers on Capitol Hill outraged over clandestine migrant flights is taking matters into their own hands. Senator Steve Daines introducing legislation barring migrants from showing arrest warrants to board airplanes, saying in a statement, quote, it's pretty simple. If an illegal immigrant presents their own arrest warrant as a form of ID, they should be immediately arrested, not cleared, by TSA to hop on a plane in the United States. The fact this is even an issue is beyond outrageous. This is a threat to our national security, and it must be stopped immediately. And folks, that nails it. The absurdity of this cannot be overstated. If it was another country, it'd be funny. Illegal immigrants handing the arrest warrant, that's an order for your personal arrest to federal authorities as an ID to fly. There's no greater example, at least in this week's news, of dual justice in the American system. If you're an American citizen and you went up to the TSA and handed them an active warrant for your arrest, would they let you fly? Oh, hell no. No, they thank you for handing it to them as they paged the cop at the airport to arrest you or call local police because you're wanted. This is why Joe Biden had to cut a meeting with Governor Short once they started asking him about his immigration policies and these clandestine flights. Joe simply can't admit this is going on. So as the governors begin to ask about the clandestine flights going to show many of their states with illegal aliens on board, the media was immediately literally shoved out of the room. Here's Joe right before the media was shoved out, pretending that he's still trying to get to the bottom of why these illegals are coming here. One of the fundamental things we got to do, in addition to some of the changes we'll make, we don't get into today, but is that if we figure out why they're leaving in the first place. That is, of course, a lie. That's not the real Joe Biden. This is from the campaign trail in 2020 when he told us the truth about what he's going to do. What I would do as president, I would, in fact, make sure we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. And he's doing it very effectively. Absolutely no incompetence in Joe's handling of the border because he always intended to do this. Again, this is the real Joe Biden. But to allow illegals to use their arrest warrants to fly? Why are they doing this? Because the elites are desperate. Because they're losing. Because majorities of the people are rejecting COVID as an authoritarian scheme. They're just done with it. That was supposed to be their big ticket. Now they've only got one ticket left. They have to remake the electorate through illegal immigrants because they can't sell their lunatic plans any other way. They literally need a new electorate because they're losing the American people. Even as they're systematically weaponizing every federal agency to put us down and to contain us. 
weaponizing those agencies for the purpose of terrorizing us and controlling us. It started with the FBI. I don't need to recap that here. I've done dozens of podcasts on it over the last year. You know that story. But the story now is how it's spreading. You got your first real hint of the actual, yes, I'd call it a war by our federal agencies against the American people last week. Let me summarize it so you could see what I'm talking about quickly. First, we find out that the Army is partnering with the Department of Homeland Security to move illegal alien fighting age males into the interior. That was in the New York Post. It was shocking. Even more shocking, they're using a contractor who they gave a $136 million contract to move these illegals to, a contractor that works for the CIA and the NSA, that was never operating on our soil before, that did covert operations in Iraq. Now their big covert operation is to undermine the American people, to betray them. Then we learn that the Secret Service is refusing to turn over data that rightfully Congress can request on Hunter and Joe Biden's travel, specifically that data on their meetings with Chinese and Russian officials, some of whom we know flat out bribed them. It must be turned over to members of Congress for oversight. They refuse to turn it over, and what they've turned over, they heavily redacted. Again, that's illegal, too. It should be redacted only for public publication. Our Congress members have the clearances to see it. They won't give it to them. That's because Congress has lost control of these agencies. Then there's the Capitol Police, which Nancy Pelosi gave spy powers to. Congressional oversight and subpoenas don't even apply to the Capitol Police. They answer to the Speaker. They're almost like a Gestapo, a Stasi. The Capitol Police Force was created to provide security around the Capitol. You've seen them and probably gone through their metal detectors. Now, they're a full-fledged spy agency. And what are they doing? What every other full-fledged federal spy agency is doing. Spying on Republicans for the Democrats. Remember, they were only ever supposed to provide security for Congress. Well, after January 6, 2021, the Capitol Police announced plans to expand beyond their legislatively authorized purview and open offices first in Florida and California and then in at least a dozen other states. Congress, over remember it's controlled by Democrats, overwhelmingly approved a bill last year to fork over, are you ready for this, $2.1 billion, with a B, in new funding to the Capitol Police. Flush with cash, they were also given the ability to begin spying on Congress members and anyone who interacted with them. And they are. According to an article that recently ran in Politico, the Capitol Police investigators now prepare secret dossiers on lawmakers, congressional staff, donors, even constituents who visit their representatives in public. Well, I'm sorry. Mostly, they've been focused on the Republicans, you know, the terrorists, which how it was recently discovered that the Capitol Police had spied upon and analyzed those who attended a fundraiser at a private home, not in Congress, not on congressional property, at a private home for Senator Rick Scott, a Republican out of Florida, and donors to House Minority Whip Steve Scalise who was shot by a Bernie Sanders supporter, remember, in 2017, they don't care about that, are also under Capitol Police scrutiny. They have been collecting dossiers on them all, including, yes, the the donors. 
the Capitol Police have become yet another arm of the Stasi of the Democrat Party, collecting dirt on Republicans under the pretense of national security and then leaking gossipy details to the always compliant news media. I'm reading this from American Greatness. Well, like they always do, the Republicans have written a nasty letter about this. That's right. Seven. Just seven? Seven Republican Congress members this week sent both Sergeant at Arms and the Capitol Police Chief and the architect of the Capitol letters demanding answers, insisting the new spy initiative, quote, constitutes a dramatic and troubling expansion of the Capitol Police Authority. I'll say so. I'll also say it's too late. The letter will go unanswered. I bet the contents of my 401k double or nothing on that, at least as it refers to the details that they demanded about the spying on active members of Congress and their donors. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. How'd we get here? The GOP leadership desperately wanted to get rid of Trump, you remember. And so when they controlled Congress, they taught the FBI and the Department of Justice that they no longer needed to respond to subpoenas. Folks, um, like the you know the Republicans running the Intelligence Committees, the Jim Jordans, the John Ratcliffs, issued subpoenas for documents related to Russian collusion. We could have proven it was false had we actually made and that. And Paul Ryan was a speaker at the time, uh, the head of the, the leader of the Republicans. Mitch McConnell was the leader of the Republicans in the Senate. Um, had we actually made them comply, we wouldn't be here now. But we didn't. We taught them that it was totally OK to ignore the 36 subpoenas issued by Republicans legitimately trying to get to the bottom of the FBI and Hillary's Russian based corruption. The fallout of that will echo for generations as all the other agencies and the Democrats took that as a nod that they no longer needed to answer to Republicans. They no longer needed to answer to subpoenas and they don't anymore. Then this week we learned that we need to add another federal agency to the list of weaponized agencies that answer the Democrats, not Republicans, and who going forward will now be dedicated to terrorizing us, our followers, our donors, and our supporters. In much the same way that the Department of Justice has been weaponized to use the Patriot Act and the FBI and turn both weapons on innocent parents who complain at liberal-led school board meetings. The ATF, it turns out, and this is a bombshell, had been compiling the whole time a gun registry. This is explicitly illegal under federal law. It's not a murky question. They can't do it. They did anyway. When Republicans first caught wind of this back in November, they thought it was about 50 million gun records that the ATF had compiled and was storing in West Virginia and was in the process of digitizing. Turns out the database is much more extensive than that. Try over 900 million gun records that they're in the process of digitizing. And they go back 20 years. Congress members, to their shock and horror, well, the Republican ones anyway, the Democrats don't care, 
learned that the Biden administration is in possession of, get this, nearly one billion with a B records detailing American citizens firearms purchases. This is according to an article broken by the Washington Free Beacon. Laura Ingram did the story last night on Fox News, too. That's hundreds of millions more than Congress and the public has ever been aware of. The ATF actually disclosed this to lawmakers. So it has a database of 920,664,765 firearm purchase records. That includes, get this, both the digital and hard copy versions of those transactions. Now, all this started because when a licensed gun store goes out of business, its private records detailing gun transactions become ATF property and are stored at a federal site in West Virginia. Worse yet, the Biden administration decided to just unilaterally expand this law. And in the last year, in 2021, it collected, are you ready for this? 54 million records alone. Now you're thinking, wait, I thought it was illegal for them to have a gun registry, a gun database. It is. Here's a quote from Representative Michael Cloud out of Texas in the Washington Free Beacon. Quote, a federal firearms registry is explicitly banned by law, yet the Biden administration is again circumventing Congress and the law and enabling the notably corrupt ATF to manage a database of nearly a billion gun transfer records. Wow. Cloud told the Free Beacon, under the president's watch, the ATF has increased surveillance of American gun owners at an abhorrent level, he writes. The Biden administration continues to empower criminals and foreign nationals while threatening the rights of law-abiding Americans. It's shameful, and this administration should reconsider its continued attacks on American gun owners. Yeah, they're not going to. Now, here's what gets nuts. The ATF denies that these records are used to track gun owners. It transfers hard copies of the information into a searchable database that it says is used to trace firearms tied to crimes. But folks, that many firearms, they're not all tied to crimes. There's no way. I mean, we're talking about almost a billion records on Americans. That's pretty much every gun everybody owns i mean it's got to be at that level meanwhile as the atf is stockpiling gun records the biden administration is seeking to alter a federal law that lets gun stores destroy those records after 20 years instead of hand them over to the feds instead the biden administration wants gun stores to maintain their records forever meaning when a store closes the atf just swings on by and gets all of its records that proposed law change means 100% of all lawful commercial firearm transfers would eventually end up in ATF's computer system, creating a permanent database in violation of the law. (laughs) Looks like they already have one of those. It'd just get bigger. Bottom line, Aiden Johnson lays it out. He's the Director of Federal Affairs for Gun Owners of America, and he told the Free Beacon, it's becoming clear that the Biden administration is well on its way to creating a national gun registry, if it doesn't have one already. Make no mistake, they say. He says this is clear evidence that a partial national gun registry exists. If the American people don't stand up for their rights now, Biden's anti-gun ATF will be able to track gun owners, infringe on our rights, and potentially even confiscate our firearms. Darn skippy they will. This is exactly what they're... Bottom line, folks, laws on the books, court rulings aren't restraining this government anymore. They aren't even speed bumps anymore. They just do as they please. 
compile a gun registry anyway, even though federal law forbids it? Sure. Who's going to stop them? The FBI? The Department of Justice? This is the circular problem, folks. There is no meaningful federal law enforcement anymore. There's no control mechanism if these agencies don't answer to Congress. There's no way to stop them unless Republicans were to take control back, defund them, and then rip them down to the seams. Literally, there's no way to get control. Here's Jim Jordan, Republican member of Congress, reacting to the news on Laura Ingram last night of the gun database. This is frightening. You got the FBI going after parents. You got the DOJ setting up a domestic terrorism unit. Now we find out the ATF is going after law-abiding gun owners. I mean, I, I think about this. Hillary Clinton destroyed 30,000 emails while she was under investigation. And now every single gun purchase by a law-abiding American is being preserved. So what? So that the federal government can set up a, a, a national database? This is scary stuff, what they've done to our First Amendment rights and now what they're doing to our Second Amendment liberties all from one administration all in a single year um so yeah there's a number of us who are very concerned about this and this is why we wrote the letter and and frankly we didn't realize it was quite this number of purchases over the last 20 some years that the federal government is now compiling jordan's right when you put it all in context it is a total weaponization of the federal government and its law enforcement agencies and the army quite frankly against the american people jordan nails this you got to view it all in context it was just a few years ago the irs went after conservatives then we find out the fbi spying on a presidential campaign then we learn that there's all kinds of abuses in the fisa process not just what you and i've talked about and others have talked about but the inspector general pointed it out with two separate reports unbelievable abuses of the fisa process then you see just three weeks ago joe in one day laura in one day we had the president of the united states give a speech in georgia where he called half the country terrorist and racist that same day we learned the fbi the DOJ have set up a domestic terrorism unit. And that's also the same day we learned that the Department of Education solicited the letter from the school board's association so they would have the pretext to do what they wanted to do, namely go spy on American uh, parents, moms and dads showing up at school board meetings. So that's the context. Mm. And now we learn almost a billion purchases are in this database that is searchable and usable by the government that over the last two years, and you were the first to say this. I remember in April of 2020, you said when they started this lockdown, down stuff with COVID. Where is this going to go? And look what's happened in the last two years. So that is the context that we have to view all this. And that's what scares us so much and why we wrote the letter and why we're going to continue to scream and shout about what's going on in this administration. So the battle lines are drawn, but who'll win? It'll take, that depends on one thing, the willingness of the American people to go along. We looked at COVID and that was a little scary. I mean, you guys have with a 99.7% survival rate overall, and look at the power we gave up. But look at the cynicism now, the total lack of confidence, over 60% no longer having confidence in our institutions. That's not just national. That poll just came out. That's international. COVID cost them a lot. People are being beginning to question in ways they did not before. So... In answer to the question, are we doomed? Not necessarily. If the public accepts this level of control, we are. On the other hand, if they rebel like the Canadian truck drivers, we're not doomed to anything at all. But overthrowing the system and maybe ending up freer at the end of it. After all, if 
you had to guess, if you had to pick one country where a massive rebellion by truck drivers, over 50,000 vehicles, if you had to pick the country where that would begin, would you pick Canada or the U.S.? I'd never pick Canada. But as it stands right now, it's Tuesday, and the Canadian truckers have held on to their complete blockade of a Montana crossing route between Canada and the U.S., That's key to the delivery of beef and farm equipment, protesting Trudeau's vaccine mandates. That kind of thing, the elites can't sustain a a rebellion. It's too big. Um, So we're watching this in Canada, and it's given me more hope than anything I've seen on this hemisphere in a long time. So if the public sees the elites for what they are and rebels, we will win. By the way, have you seen this? The, the, the cause of the vaccine mandates, uh, public support for it is down 15 percentage points, 15 since this began. The people can win. We will win if we stick together. If we don't, we'll live in the world they're building. One where agencies and institutions from the U.S. Army to the FBI to the ATF to the Secret Service to the Capitol Police terrorize the American people endlessly. Replace our our local police officers, surveil us, and create a world where we live in fear, where every last move and word and breath and purchase is monitored and scrutinized and people disappear. And there's nothing you can do about it. We can choose, starting right now, which world we'll live in. It could literally go either way. But remember this, it ain't over. Not by a long shot. Terra Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.